Recorded live. Johnny, you there? Yep, I'm right here. How's it going, doctor? Oh, you are the man. All right, Johnny, we'll get started. This is a recorded line, and we'll just do it right on here. But uh, any, what do you want to hit up? Obviously, your Navy SEAL stuff, talk about your business. Anything else interesting in between there we should talk about? Uh, No, I mean, just, again, the business. Um, yeah, what I did at SEAL, how I was trying to make this business um, informative for all vets to prosper on, not just us, and uh, kind of what, what you know our steps are moving forward. Anything else you have that you – no, I kind of go. Yeah, I don't go crazy with quite. You know, we just kind of free float a little bit. It'd be fifteen, twenty minutes or so, and uh, yeah, make it nice and natural and easy. So I'll get you started, and we'll figure it out. But yeah, talk a lot about your seal and all that stuff. That's super interesting, and then uh, you know your injuries, and then kind of bring it to there. Everybody loves the story of the you know the wounded wounded guy getting better. You know, the redemption story, whatever you want to call it. So starting out, yeah, all that stuff. So we'll go through that. It's always a always plays well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me on speaker, or should I put the handset on? Uh, maybe try the handset, see if it's a little better. It's not horrible, but let's see. That better? Yeah, that's a lot better. Do that. Yep. Okay. Can yeah, I'll tell you, no. I use I use the little the Apple headphones, and they're like they're like the clearest reception. I have this fancy microphone and all this other equipment, and my guys like the the headphones are like the best the uh, the best thing out there is the Apple headphones I use for most of these. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I have like a three hundred dollar microphone, and my guys like they sound better when you use your headphones. So they're pretty good. <laughs> All right, Johnny, I'll get started. Ready, brother? Yep. I'll I'll, I'll do some intro and all that jazz. Okay, everybody, welcome to this episode of the podcast. We have another special interview for you guys. So as we said, we only interview people that really think are going to help out the podcast. They're going to help out you guys, give you some valuable information, have a really good story for you to share. Now, most of the episodes are about me kind of talking about different business and life of things and uh, only bringing some really special guests that can really be benefit to you guys. So this uh, episode, we have Johnny Beltran, Johnny Beltran, sorry, Johnny, and Johnny Beltran is a really interesting story. He's gone from a Navy SEAL to now a business owner, which is always an amazing transition. And, uh, you know, I have a personal real affection and, and try to help out any kind of vet. One of the chiropractors that works for me is a vet. Uh, my father was in the Naval Academy. And uh, I think that what they do, the services country, is o- o- unbelievable and a lot of times underappreciated. Uh, we were actually meeting with the VA yesterday, trying to get more care for the vets in our area uh, out here. So it's a real cause dear to my heart. So when Johnny reached out to me, I, you know, I really want to do something to help the vets and talk about veterans are real, real important to us. So, Johnny, why don't you tell the story? I mean, anybody that can be a Navy SEAL is a, a lot bigger man than I am. So why don't you tell us the story of how you became a Navy SEAL first, Johnny? All right. Hey, first off, hey, thank you, thank you very much for for having me, Doctor. I appreciate it. And uh... Yeah, the uh, the story it's interesting and and it isn't at the same time, right? It's um it's something that I wanted to do since I think I was in eighth eighth ninth grade, and um, it was just something that I had in me that my uh, younger brother had in him to to go and try, and I think that's the way my parents or they they raised us to go out and try what we you know we thought was was uh, was in it. For us, no matter what the consequences, no matter the risks, no matter the, you know what what society was telling us not to do or to do. So that said, um, I went in in about 1999. I think I was going to go in in 98. Um, I got hurt for you know a minor period of time before that. So I went in in 99. Um, I graduated Bud's class 231 in um, I think October of 2000. 
I went straight from, you know, the Navy to my basic school, um, right to buds training. So there was no, no Navy fleet time. Um, and then that was it. You know, I was assigned to SEAL Team 1 in San Diego, or Coronado rather, and, you know, was fortunate enough to deploy with uh, the, uh, I guess, the after the 9-11 attacks, uh, you know, my, my first deployment as a new guy. So it was kind of get in, go through buds, get on the team, and then it was, you know, right away you're you're in it. Bro, you're right in the fire, huh? Yes, absolutely. And Literally. <laughs> wow. So tell us a little bit more about SEAL training. I mean, we all kind of heard about it. We see it in uh, movies. Not too many times we get to talk to a real SEAL, but it's insanely competitive to get in, first of all, and then get through it. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, how rigorous all that is for us people that don't know much about it. Okay. Um, well, yes, it, it was – it was, it was pretty hard. I mean, that's that's without saying. We started the class with roughly 140 originals, and I think we ended up with 30 originals and uh, 10 rollbacks. So the way the training is broken down is, is three phases. You have your first phase, second phase, third phase. First phase being the you know notorious hell week where you only sleep about four hours in about five and a half days, and that was week, uh, I believe, week three. Um, that that in itself is, you know, is, is what gets most people. But what I saw was not just the physical aspect or the hell week. It was just the constant grind of every day of, of guys that were in shape, guys that were mentally tough, and guys were just getting broken down, you know, little by little by little. So it wasn't like, okay, hell week's a big thing. Uh, night evolutions are a big thing, uh, just stuff that you would expect people to ring the bell and quit on. But it was more so just, as I mentioned, the daily grind of you know, a guy's injury. It's just, again, it's really studly. You know, he can run a you know, five-minute mile in boots and that and type of thing, you know, do 50 pull-ups. And then by the end of the third week, this guy is, is limping around just because, you know, injuries, uh, you know, the onset injuries or, or whatever the case. You know, yeah, would you sit? Sorry to interrupt you, Johnny. Would you say, you know, physically it's more challenging or mentally or both? Or I'm sure it's both, but what, what would you say is more challenging for you, the mental aspect of the training or the physical? Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to, to, to articulate there. It's, just, it's the mental thing because everybody starts to get those injuries and everybody starts to get hurt. Uh, some guys get it more where you, you just you can't and you have to get rolled back. You, you can't continue. But everybody has to push through some kind of physical and mental exhaustion. Um, there's there's absolutely no way you can say you're, you're mentally prepared because there's mentally stuff that you've never done, especially as a you know 22 year old like I was. At 22, you really don't know much about the world, or as you would when you're let's say 32 years old. But you know you just you know you're in shape, you know you're you know a, a hell of an athlete or somebody that wants to go and do something elite and something special. So I would say mentally it, it's more more fit, more. Um, Challenging mentally, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, you're obviously obviously physically fit before. Did you do a lot of sports in school and that kind of stuff before that, or what did you do that where you were in good shape before you went into the Navy? I did, I did, I did um, everything I could do to prepare myself for that. I ran, I swam. You know, I went to two years of of college before I joined the Navy. I uh, I ran track, played football push-ups, working out, uh, I'm sorry, push-ups, calisthenics, that type of stuff, working out in the gym, you know, everything I can do to make myself well-rounded. So it was just constantly, I mean, I was even so silly to uh, go 
to, uh, I grew up in the you know, Los Angeles area, so I'd go out to the beach and uh, run in boots, you know, like a total uh, uh, you know, <laughs> little wacko kid, you know, running in boots on the beach. I'm a nobody, and I'm trying to run and jump in the water and do stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do everything I could to, to prepare myself for that moment. Yes, that's a good little lesson for our listeners out there. Is, you, know, you really set your mind to do something and prepare for it. It's not like you just show up at Navy SEAL training on a Monday and you're ready to go, right? You run around the sand in your boots, you're physically fit, you're active, and mentally you're preparing for it as well. So that's a good lesson in business and life as well. Now, your brother was a SEAL as well. I mean, how did that go? Was he before you, after you, or did you guys go in, in combat together? Tell us a little bit about working with your brother. No, yeah, he was after me. So he became... He's five years younger than me, but he actually went in earlier. I went in when I was 22. He went in when I was 19. So we overlapped just, just very minimally. Um, I was getting, I was exiting where he was getting in, just finishing his, uh, his graduate, his trident graduation, all that stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, receiving his trident, graduated buds as QT. Uh, but the way it worked out growing up was, I think he saw the steps I took and he saw the seriousness I took. Um, and again, some of it, you know, we don't know. It's uncharted territory. Everybody that in our family was was cops or, or doing other stuff. We, we wanted to be in the military. Um, I think once I saw, or once I went in, once I made it, he saw, you know, it could be done. And it was something that that wasn't a, uh, you know, j- just something we saw on TV anymore on Discovery Channel. I think <laughs> it was, what really made it rough for him was when I got wounded. So. Yeah, that's how most of us see the, the, the SEALs is on TV. It's a lot different in real life. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a pretty interesting story, getting to be a SEAL, working with your brother. There can't be too many Navy SEAL brothers that have both been SEALs. That can't be more than a handful of times that's ever happened, right? Yeah, I think there's maybe – I mean, I can count on my fingers maybe. maybe yeah, less than so hard. That, that I know of. But I think there's a there's – a, it's, it's a little bit more common. Um, but, yeah, no, not, not to the uh, – not very common not super go all right then tell us a little bit about your injury and kind of walk us through your injury and and rehab and what happened with all that okay yeah so i'm gonna keep that sort of short so in 2002 we deployed to afghanistan um we were basically just doing ops to go capture uh, enemy combatants insurgents and one night august uh august 17th august 18th here or i'm sorry august 18th it was August 17th back here in the States. We were conducting an operation against uh, Taliban insurgents. And we, we you know, got in a firefight. Um, a lot of chaos was going on. People, people were shooting inside a compound, outside a compound. Helicopters were shooting. And uh, we pursued some individuals out into a field. And uh, before you know it, those individuals were there, were identified, and I was on the ground lying there. Um, just with this pain that was was unbelievable. So, essentially, I uh, you know I got ambushed. I got hit in the inside of my leg, probably on a degree where I was walking about a forty five degree away from the line of a fire. And as I hit, was walking, the round came and struck me in an optimal position to miss my front leg and hit me in my back leg. So it hit me in my back leg, knocked me on my you know back. I fell immediately, thought I was dead, but, you know, with that, there was so much pain, I realized I wasn't dead. Um, then everything was going through my mind, you know, I thought I stepped on a landmine, I thought a grenade was throwing at me, because you know, nowhere had I ever heard that a, a gunshot wouldn't hurt that much. Um, little did I know that the whole, the round had went through my leg, hit my femur, and blew my femur up, which Ooh. made the 
so that's why you know I had such a big hole and that it was just I had never seen I've seen tons of movies and had gone through tons of combat first aid but that was just something I would never ever train for so that's yeah, a lot different when it's your own leg on uh, not a leg on movie or something and walk us through right. rehab so so I've been uh, you know in the physical therapy and chiropractic we've gone through rehab and I'd probably say the same thing you said about your SEAL training, that it's a lot of times it's a lot more difficult mentally to rehab from that than it is physically. Tell us a little bit about that, Johnny. Well, yeah, the, the mental aspect was was terrible because uh, it was about an hour and a half time before I even got to surgery. So, I mean, that was just playing through my mind every single time. You know, they're saying I was going to lose my leg um, when I got to Kandahar. So I mean, got in, did my surgery in Afghanistan. I wake up in Afghanistan, I'm all just drugged up. My friends are around me. I can vividly remember calling home. Um, transfer, transported me to another base in Bagram. From there, I remember some other guys coming to see me. Um, from there, it was Germany for three days, more surgeries. What's interesting about these times, is from the time of getting wounded to the time, you know, all three different stops before I got to Bethesda Hospital about five days after, was I remember all the guys that were at my bedside, you know, vividly. And I talked the rehab aspect and the mental aspect or the supernatural aspect. Those are things that I remember. Those guys just being there were things that got me through the the rehab, um, them being at my bedside, them talking to me. So as little as that was, people think there's no, you know, not a lot of power in that or somebody next to you talking to you, kind of helping you through with a, a pep talk. But it definitely that was probably some of the – uh, I think greatest, most powerful reasons that I, you know, rehab in the initial you know, onset. After when I got to Bethesda Hospital in Maryland, we have, were there for about, I think, 10 days. They did a surgery, uh, put a rod in. Um, yeah, again, I had doctors tell me I'd lose my leg. I'd never walk again. There was no shame in getting out of the Navy. Uh, you know, I served my country, all this good stuff. Um, and then roughly, I think two weeks after the injury, sometime in late um, late August, or maybe it was early September, they transported me, flew me across country to Balboa Hospital, where they did, uh, you know, I think it was more just care, all the surgeries were done. So a total of five hospitals, five surgeries. Um, the final surgery was putting the, the rod in my leg. And rehab ever since. Rehab during that time, rehab for about six months after it happened i went on full duty back again in um january so if it happened in august you know that's less than six months i'm back on full duty wow. but it wasn't full duty that you would think it was more of schools uh you know just just more of the the classroom type stuff um however back in i think april is when we started actual training so you know come april you know, nine months, 10 months now after the injury, I'm trying to run full speed around the desert with a bunch of gear on, trying to keep up with everyone. So that was, again, the rehab was phenomenal. The care I had was phenomenal. Did I come back a couple months early? Probably. But when you're 25, <laughs> there's no I'd, I'd, I'd say so. You definitely came back really fast from an injury like that. But I guess yeah. you got to be a little crazy to be a SEAL to begin with, right? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, somebody like that. We we measure that in years usually, not months. You know, injuries like that. 
Yeah, so, I don't think that. I mean, I, I don't think it helped me <laughs> mentally or physically. I think it did a little bit more damage. But, um, you know, when you're 25, you want to get back to town, uh, you know, training and get back to the same guys that you were over, over in Trenchville with. So, that was yeah, that camaraderie really uh, gets you through that kind of stuff. The guys, you've been through things that other people can't even think about. And uh, there's definitely you know, a lifelong bond there for sure. That's uh, quite the story. How's the leg feeling these days, Johnny? Uh, there's a lot of pain, um, and it depends. Some days are worse than others, uh, and it's it's all depends. I mean, it's you know, it's not really saying it's okay, it's predicated on physical activity or if I just sit there. It's just some days if I'm just sitting on the couch and I try and get up, it hurts. Some days the neuropathic pain is worse, or you know, some days uh, the joints are worse in, in the knee. Some days it's the hip. So it's just every day is a little bit different. Uh, some days we all hit at once. And, you know, those are the days where I feel kind of bad because my son wants to go play football or something, and I have to tell him no. Um, you know, other days it feels great, and I don't have to, you know, take anything for it. So um, I'll go do legs at the gym. I mean, it, it just every day is a little different, but no days, it, it's it's kind of unpredictable. There's really no, um, you know, matrix of, okay, if I did this this day, it's going to hurt this day. Well. And uh, how'd your brother end up doing in the SEALs? He had a good career there as well? He did. He did. Um, and, you know, funny about that, or ironic, however you want to say it, that his first platoon was the whole uh, Operation Red Wing thing with, uh, you know, the, the now famous Lone Survivor movie. Um, he was oh, wow. the, Yeah, he was on the rescue helicopter to, to go rescue those four guys. Um, and Latrell, you know, he, he, was, he was number two helo that didn't, get shot down thank god wow. but on that you know he got to see some pretty horrific things so you know on my first deployment i get they should make Sorry, a movie man. about the two of you this is quite a unique story you know the two brothers and the seals and these all these experiences you guys should have your own movie about you guys you know <laughs> yeah we, we're just uh we're trying to we try to make people aware of it um de- definitely i mean there, there's that's a great story yeah, thank you. Oh, it's great, but it's an interesting story. And walk us through, you know, getting out of rehab and out of the seals, and now into uh, starting your own business with your brother. Let's uh, walk us through those next couple steps there. So, about a two years ago, we were uh, with one of our friends, a very successful business guy in New York, and kind of looking at some different options of helping help invest. I think it was actually late into the airport. I, I flew in or went to the wrong airport. Whatever the case, my flight was late, and um, just something you know that simple as uh, um, them waiting for me and then picking me up. That we kind of realized, like, hey, we've been wanting to help vets. We, you know, both our wives have small businesses that don't, uh, you know, aren't flourishing because we don't come from a lot of money or we're busy doing other stuff. Or my brother's busy you know, going overseas all the time contracting, and kind of came up with this idea that. You know, if, if we can come up with a marketplace to help vets, to help military um, or dependent businesses um, sort of flourish, you know, do the marketing for them, do the analytics for them, uh, do advertising as not just advertising with, you know, traditional print ads or something, but more focused on, you know, hey, here's a geographical area, let's push carpenters or general contractors or let's put turf stylists in this area, but everything is centric on the vets, military, or dependents. And the way that started was, I think the idea was, let's say you have somewhere at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and you have a wife of an E4 in the Army, right? 
they're uh, super talented. You know, maybe they have a maybe they're her stylist. Let's use that. But because they have three kids, their husband's always gone. Their husband doesn't make very much money. There's probably a 99% chance that that business is never going to do well. So what we said with Warriors Left Behind, and that's kind of what what the name was, was we got these warriors here that are not deployed, not getting all the recognition that the guys in the military are, yet they're doing just as much. So why don't we do something for them and create this business to boost them and empower them to you know, have an opportunity as well. And it's, it's more than just, Hey, here's your stuff, put it on our website. You know, we'll never talk to you again. You're just a number. Now it's, you know, Hey, it's a story. Each, each sign up's a person, each sign up's a story, you know, each sign up's a story, I'm sorry. And um, it's, it's powerful because we're trying to get this, this community involved where, you know, everybody sees the opportunities that can arise from this or that can arise from different, you know, avenues of marketing or again, analytics, but we're trying to bring that to light here. Yeah, it's a great mission. And we I've been kind of on this mission too. One of the reasons we connected is because of all these connections. Like I said, we just were actually at the local VA yesterday. And yeah, the, 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 we do you know, a pretty good job when you have an injury like that. We sit you back up and you do the rehab for six months a year. And, you know, then, but then down the road, they have physical problems years later. And, you know, the VA system maybe isn't the best always at that. And same thing, take care of events. Yeah, you're out of the service now, and there's not always, you know, these, this help and this clear path for them a couple years down the road. And we see that a lot here, too, in the clinic. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a real good mission to help them getting back on their feet and get their business up and running. And, you know, vets make great business people, too, as you know. I mean, the discipline alone is, is you know, great. And, uh, you know, they make really good business owners. So that's a great mission for you to help out. And you also have another business with the ammunition. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that that's actually what's what's great about this just with Warriors Left Behind because it you know people know that we have a real best interest. My brother and I both have a small business um, called TFZ Ammunition. So it's it's basically we started a, a ammo company, but we wanted to do this kind of the same thing. And I, I think it's it's a theme here with with us being sealed. We want community. You know, we just want a tangible product. Uh, we wanted a community of of ammunition. Uh, precision ammunition, but we wanted to get, you know, the zombie people, you know, on, let's say, Seattle or, or you know, San Francisco area that, that don't like guns and ammo, you know, anti-Second Amendment, whatever the case, but like zombies and, and like this idea, or maybe the people out in the you know, Midwest or some of these people who used to live in Virginia, some of my other friends that are these preppers that don't live, you know, in a vicinity, nobody lives with them, you know, three miles of them, but, and they're not really into zombies, but they like guns, ammo, and survival, we made this community where the ammo, the precision ammo, is the focal point, and it's kind of a community. You know, TFZ Task Force Zone—it's a silly name to have fun, but <laughs> we wanted a task force where people could kind of adhere to being part of something. You know, that guys never got to go get a trident, and guys never got to go into law enforcement, never got to you know, play football or something. But now this little community that we started. We're trying to get people involved and say, hey, look, it's more than just an ammunition company. It's more than just, you know, a couple of SEALs trying to do something here. It's just we're trying to create this uh, community for people to be a part of. So, again, that just seems to be the theme with us. We, we like to have that. People understand that they're part of something, you know, whether it's, you know, with Warriors Left Behind and the Veterans or the Ammo uh, with TFZ. It's, you know, we community. We like that. Yeah, yeah we see that across everything now. I mean, the vets more than others are used to having this great community of, you know, fellow soldiers, and then you're out in the real world, and, you, you know, everybody spreads apart, and you lose that community. 
but it really happens with all of us too. I mean, we were just talking another podcast with a business person and, you know, when you own a business, now that you own a small business, you see, that's kind of a pretty lonely job too. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of employees all the time, but ultimately you're the boss and you're kind of alone. They go out for drinks after work and the boss doesn't come, you know, so being an entrepreneur can kind of be lonely and that's why a good sense community and these podcasts and meetups and all that are good for you. But yeah, it's, uh, people need this sense of community for a lot of reasons. I think now more than ever, we're disconnected with being on iPhones and chatting all day. and Nobody really kind of talks face to face so much anymore. So we're kind of losing that community more than ever. And, you know, vets need it and everybody else too. I think we're really losing that sense of community. So that's a, that's a great thing that you're doing for us, John, for, for the vets, John. So yeah, if no, tell, us, if, uh, tell us a little bit of where people get in touch with you, check out your websites and find out a little more information about your awesome story and your businesses that you got going on, Johnny. Okay. Yeah. So my, uh, we're with WLB, a word is left behind. It's, uh, you can go on the website. It's, it's www.wlb.us.com. And that can give you the story about you know, WLB. On, on WLB, too, what we did also is just a quick plug for this. We started something called the Warrior 8-Count Challenge, which is 8-Count Bodybuilders, pretty much the cornerstone of Bud's training. And it's just doing 28 counts in a minute. If you don't do 20, you only do 19, then we ask that you donate a dollar to go towards a care package. So it's on there under the WLB care. It's on the website. And then um, with the ammunition, it's uh, tf-z, so tf-z.com or tf-zombie.com. So that's in, those are the two you know, where you can get on, find us. But otherwise, there. My uh, emails are on there. It's pretty simple. It's, it's johnny at warriorsleftbehind.com or johnny at tf-z.com. So. Nice. Yeah, so great stuff. Amazing story you've been through. Yeah, amazing story coming back and starting your own business and being a SEAL. It's quite an interesting story. I think you got to have a book in you at some point, Johnny, maybe. It'd be a good story for a book. But, uh, yeah, so everybody get in touch with Johnny. Need anything? And uh, there's lots of vets out there who probably use some help joining the community and getting in touch with Johnny and uh, just help spread the word for him. So thanks a lot for coming on, Johnny. We'll keep in touch, buddy. Appreciate your service. We thank from all of us to you for all your service and your brother as well, who I've spoken to. is a great guy as well. So thank you and your brother for your service to the country. And uh, have a great day, Johnny. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you very much. Bye, Johnny. Have a great day. Bye-bye.